0: Hey, everybody, Daniel Rogers here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Josh Frazier. It's one of my favorites that I've recorded so far, no offense to Jesse. And I had a blast talking to him about his upbringing and sort of how he came to where he is now. Before you get started, we're going to talk about some things uh, that may be a little shocking to you if you come from a Church of Christ background. And because of that, I want to let you know about a resource available to you. It's called How a 25 year old learned he wasn't the only one going to heaven. It's available in both print and PDF, Kindle, and audio form. Just go to my website, danielr.net backslash book, and you can download that today. On the audiobook, there are about 20 chapters out of 33 available for you to listen to now, and I release more and more uh, each week. I'll be done in a couple weeks or so recording that audiobook. So go download it now from danielr.net backslash book, and I hope you enjoy this conversation between me and Josh Frazier. But first, a couple of shout outs. Before we get started, I just have a few uh, quick shout-outs to make. First off, uh, shout out to all my North Broad folks. Love you guys. Shout out to any Maywood people uh, that are uh, listening in today to, to hear what Josh has to say. And uh, Josh, you got anybody you want to shout out before we get started?
1: Yeah, I got some. I know I got some family members who listen to this, and uh, so my grandmother Betty Frazier. She's a. She's been listening for quite a while. Uh, I didn't. Even, I mentioned the fact that you and I had a a, a common. Uh, friendship with kevin too who who he, he and lee started this podcast and stuff and uh so i had actually introduced her to it way back then and she's been listening for a long time so i just wanted to say and she's been such a big supporter for me and helped me so much in all this that's happened so awesome uh, just wanted to shout out her well name. thank
0: you thank you grandma frazier
1: all right let's uh <laughs> let's let's get started
0: and welcome back everyone to exploring faith pursuing grace my name is daniel rogers and i have with me today josh Frazier, I want to tell you a little bit about Josh before I it really we get into the conversation. Uh, Josh and I, we went to church camp together for years. I mean, I,
1: have you always gone to
0: second week? Did you always go to second second session, uh, Jerry Self's week?
1: Yeah, we did. As far as any any times that I went to it, I never did really. I, when I was younger, I never really went, and stayed the whole week. But by yeah. the time I was tenth grade, I think, some we kind of started coming over there with our youth group. Okay, yeah, and, so we would visit a lot during the daytime and kind of i only live like 15 minutes away from the camp so yeah you're so i'm 30 how old are you are you I'm 35
0: 35 yeah so you would have been Do what now 34 don't let me jump ahead oh 34 okay <laughs> yeah so, yeah you're a few years older than me but not too much and yeah. i remember uh, your sister came like a whole lot when we were little for sure um yeah, you guys i think are around the same age yeah so. i think yeah we, there might be a year but yeah we're right there together we were always in the same bible class and everything throughout the years but so so josh and i went to the same church camp together and uh as i told y'all guys uh just for this whole podcast church camp was like my favorite experience growing up i mean that was if if i could describe heaven in like human terms it was those nights sitting around hanging out with you guys and Uh, singing songs and uh, doing magic tricks or whatever, you know, (laughs) it's a whole lot of fun. And uh, when I lost my community, that was probably one of the biggest hits I took was not being able to, you know, participate at church camp in the way that I'd like, Uh, you know, leading devotionals and being a counselor and things like that. And, you know, that, that was a huge hit. And so when you messaged me like 2016, 2017, Mm-hmm. saying that you're kind of seeing some of the same things I was seeing at the time. It was like, dude, I can't tell you how much of a relief that was. I mean, really
1: yeah. that yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, the relief just swept over me and I was like, a job, maybe I'm not crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I just wanted to thank you, uh, as, as a brother in Christ, as a friend, as an old, you know, co-camper, like, man, just you've been such a blessing to me, uh, since, I've started my journey because it just let me know that there's some other crazy guys out there in Alabama who are doing the same thing I'm doing. And so, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not just like off my rocker or something.
1: No, we felt, well, and you know, my brother was a part of that too. And we, we, we felt the same way. And so when we, when we found out through, I think it was, it was Jonathan, uh, one of our other friends from from back then. Matter of fact, he was our youth minister for a long time back then. And, uh, he was one that told us, he said, man, I need to talk to Daniel. And we were (laughs) like, huh he said, yeah man he said i think i guess you had told him something about it i'm not sure exactly how that had happened yeah i just know that dad told me first and he's like we need to reach out to daniel and talk to him and, well he he had seen some facebook posts i'd made
0: and uh thought that i'd be a safe person to talk to so he messaged me with some things he wanted me to pray for you know right. and uh, when he told me that i was kind of explaining to him uh my situation too because we were both kind of in this camp of like our world's falling apart, what's happening, you know? Yeah. So when you find somebody like that, you just share, you know, you share yeah. everything with them. And so after talking to him, he must've gone and told you because yeah, he, him coming to me and then you guys coming to me, that was such a relief in those times because you feel so alone. You know, even, even if you find other people, they're like in like Washington or, you know, Michigan or Oklahoma or something. <laughs> they're like, not, you know, within your state, right. they don't, they don't know your culture as well as, you know, like, like what you're going through. And so to have somebody go into the same church camp, same circles, same mutual Facebook friends to be able to say, Hey, I'm right there with you. That's, that's just a huge help. So I just wanted to start off by thanking you for that, but man, Josh, uh, how's it going today, man? You doing all right?
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Very good. And then let me, just let me echo that thank you too right yeah. quick before we got away from it. Cause um, I never really got to the same thing, but you, and I know you were going through a lot as far as like, uh, you went through more of what I would call a persecution than what me and my brother had to face through all of that. I went through my own stuff a little later on, but especially regarding that particular issue and what had happened to you. So I knew, I knew you were going through a lot, but even in what we did, I mean, just, just knowing that, like you said, we weren't alone uh, because it was such a major shift for us. And when you go from what we grew up in, where we're taught to be so like, there's so much assurity in the things that we've been taught, you know, and it's just, this is it. And all of a sudden, you know, I, Could I really have missed something this big? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody, there's, I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts regarding that subject, but still, you do, you feel really, really alone. And what made me so, made me feel so good about it was the fact that I knew, I knew you, I knew where you came from, and you were taught the same way I was when it came to studying the scriptures. Yeah. Let them lead you, let them lead you to wherever you're going to go. And, uh, and so for me and my brother, when we were, we were reading and seeing things and we're like, no, I can't help but (laughs) kind of believe this because it seems to be that's what scripture's pointing to and uh but it was scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you're alone but then when i realized man somebody all the way across the state who we've not talked to in a long time yeah. but he was right like we were has came to the same conclusion on his own a- about the same like time you know yeah i mean it was literally in the same year 2015 2000 2015 is when i really got to studying pretty deep regarding eschatology yeah and it was just it was pretty cool that it all happened all right there together. And I'm, I'm really glad that it happened at a time for you that it was at least able to somewhat give you some peace through everything that you went through. Yeah, for sure. It, it really did. And like you said, the,
0: the biggest part of that was knowing we came from the same background. We studied the Bible, you know, with, right. the, same, with the same love and, and care and special attention. Yep. And yep. so knowing that you guys were on the same track, like completely independent for me, it was right. just like, okay maybe but then the real trouble started and we didn't even know this was going to happen because when you because <laughs> when you go okay wait <laughs> i was wrong about something that huge then you just have to ask all right what else is there yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. then it just starts uh a yeah. life a lifetime of yeah. asking questions and having just a whole lot of fun <laughs>
1: yeah it definitely made my life a lot more fun when it came to my studies too yeah. it was scary as it could be but it was still it, it's the best thing that ever happened to me yeah uh, uh, and i'm <laughs> well, so, I didn't need to change the subject too much. You can kind of start where you wanted to, but no, it's okay. It's I, wanted, okay. I wanted to make sure I threw you my thank you too because you you really helped us out a lot. So. Well, yeah, man,
0: I appreciate that, and 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 I hope what people hear from this is, you know, you aren't alone, regardless of the nature of your struggle, whether it's eschatology, whether it's marriage, divorce, and remarriage is taking the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week of command or whatever, or you're just questioning that whole model of a command example and necessary inference. Like there are other people out there, like Josh and myself, like a lot of the guests on the podcast who've asked those very same questions who had to figure out on them uh, on their own, just like you're having to figure them out on your own and answer them for yourself. And who felt that sense of, of, of loneliness and dread and those moments where you're like, well, man is any of it real <laughs> then, yep. you know, all, all of that all of that we've uh we've been there and so i'm sure that uh, josh should be willing to talk to you i'd be willing to talk to you you know and offer you any kind of support or encouragement we can if you're you know listening out there so so josh um we kind of skipped over all this i got ahead of myself a little bit there i got i was just too excited to uh, uh, share that you know so tell us a little bit about yourself because Nope. Nobody listening, unless they're a camp friend growing up, probably even yep. knows knows about you. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about and all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I mean, my name's Josh, as you've heard. Uh, I was born and raised uh, in the Church of Christ myself, uh, very much like Daniel, very similar background, I think, as far as our, our upbringing. Yeah. Uh, so if you know Daniel's childhood, you kind of know mine as far as the <laughs> church side of it anyway. Yeah. Um, but um my born into a family you know all of, all of my family my grandparents everybody are part of the church of the christ and uh just i'm really thankful for the upbringing that i had uh, cuz like we didn't do this one of those things we were brought through the doors from the time before i could walk and then yeah. we were there and you know all the way through college as long as i was under my my parents household or under their their roof uh we were we were going to be at church that's right and uh, and at the same time I'm also very thankful too that i grew up with a family who they believed in the inspiration of scriptures they taught me to study and they meant it when they said that if, you know, if your studies lead you somewhere different than what you're being taught, then you you stick with the scriptures. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I was very blessed in the sense that as I went through my life studying and, and got into ministry that as I started seeing things and and had questions about things, they were very, they were very supportive of it. And, and, and the best thing was they wanted to join in on the studies. Yeah. So that, that helped a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I was, I was born and raised in the church and, I got in the ministry when I was about twelve or thirteen, I guess. When I I don't want to say got in the ministry, I should say just started speaking when we were that age. Yeah. Uh, first time we got invited to go up and speak and do an actual, I guess you could say a, a fifteen minute, devo or, or sermon, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, but my did, brother and I. Did y'all do like the fifth Sunday
0: kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. It, we
1: did, uh, When they first brought the idea up to us, I was totally like, "No, nah, I really don't want to do that." But my brother had already said yes, so I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, I still remember looking at the little headlamp on the the podium. Uh, at the congregation that's why i remembered it being like when i was 12 or 13 because i can remember looking at my hands and my hands were just shaking like crazy yeah Uh, but still after we got done with it you know and we did that a few months in a row i never ever thought hey i want to pursue ministry you know i want to go and be a preacher um but you know people would talk to us afterwards and stuff like that and they were really giving you that you know they were commending you on your speaking and that kind of stuff and it did get enjoyed because i did i really did like studying i loved me and my brother we always took it very seriously and and so getting to kind of be a part of the service was a lot of fun and uh so that's what kind of got me started down that road and then by the time we we moved congregations when i was like in eighth grade i think over to uh over to brilliant where my hometown was and where i went to school at and um at that point they really started kind of getting us plugged into doing a lot more speaking and then me and my brother started kind of subbing for preachers around the area wow yeah and that's what that's what got us into that track of of, of really doing it more on a full-time basis yeah, and then when I, was, w- awesome. I guess it was 2016 when I took a full-time uh, ministry position there at, at the, at my former congregation. And that, that's when it became a full
0: time thing for me. That That is something in common that we both have is we both ended up yeah. preaching at our, you know, home, home. congregations, you know, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's interesting <laughs> how parallel a lot of our stuff is. And I, yeah, I was the mm-hmm. same way like you raised, uh, as we had one minister that came in when I was a teenager and he, he implemented the fifth Sunday thing. Like when I was. Yeah. It must, I must have been in middle school or a little out of middle school. Um, we started doing the fifth Sunday preaching. And I remember the first Sunday, we didn't do 15 and 15. We did 10, 10, 10 to start with. And then we kind of eased in the 15 to 15 and then just into the 30-minute sermons. you know. And yeah. we, uh, we did – the first sermon was uh, – the, the first guy, he did Hear, Believe next guy did repent confessed and then i did be baptized stay faithful (laughs) (laughs) so you know we started off uh with the good old plan of salvation but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so you got in the ministry and 2016 is when you really hit it full time with the uh with preaching at your home congregation and you've you've also got another business too right
1: yes we actually i run run a couple of gyms and some mini storages uh and then of course i also work full time for my dad doing fiber splicing so kind of Oh cool!
0: Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize you did the other thing too with your dad. I knew about the gyms. I thought the gyms were your full
1: thing, but no, you got the other. So you run the gyms with your wife, right? I do. Uh huh. Okay, and cool. she's actually in the police academy right now, so she's she's pursuing oh, something cool. herself too. So we're we're kind of we're kind of co managing the gyms while we work yeah. full time and, and trying to keep. Ever since COVID, COVID we, we took over business like 20 days prior to the shutdown at COVID. Oh, My man. first day of business was March the first of 2020. And then I think the 22nd, they closed the doors on us for like two months. So, that's, it, yeah, the start was kind of crazy, but we've made it to this point and we're yeah. making some changes with it right now that we're hoping are really, really beneficial for us going forward. So, that's good. Cool. Well, you learned a lot of valuable lessons
0: Ooh, you know, man. for sure. That's good. So it's not too easy. So, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you learned to love the taste of red beans and rice, you know, for those That's two. right. That's that's right. right. Uh, the, the other day, man, the other day I went to the uh, church building bathroom and I saw that somebody had mixed that the soap was running low so somebody filled it up with water and like shook it up and I said man they know that they ta- they know what red beans and rice is like for dinner every night you dinner. Know? <laughs> or white <bean> chili <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep been there you know been there done that <laughs> so mm-hmm. so you so you were in ministry but you had the benefit of being bivocational so you weren't
1: re-
0: yes. you you want you obviously the paycheck helps but it wasn't like some preachers who unfortunately they have that hanging over them. If I go down this route, you know, what's going to happen to my family in terms of their finances and well-being? you know, obviously when you're preaching for your family's congregation, there is that question of, well, if I start changing my mind, you know, what's going to happen there. So what, what were some of your, like walk us through the emotional process during this time, when you started rethinking stuff and coming to these different conclusions, what was like
1: the stages of, you know, of emotion for you, you know? I guess it was just kind of, I mean, like, like it's kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of it yeah. saying that everything just kind of around me started to, I don't want it, in in ways things started falling together. Yeah. And in other ways things were falling apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You see, you see things coming that you know you're not going to be able to avoid <laughs> yeah. at the same time you're trying to minimize the damage as it comes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean this on, even on, on the grace centered side of what I had started to, of the approach that I had started to take towards scripture, uh, you know, and these things I, I think back on my life. And I, I remember even when I was a kid growing up, I would see things happen at our congregation. We had a, a preacher that got fired over some accusations that were made that they were never proven. It was, and he was well, well loved by the community. I love the guy to death. I still, I still keep in touch with him every once in a while now he still preaches, uh, but in another state and that I would see, uh, Things happen, like my, my mother got in trouble one time. She she had left to take uh, fruit uh, for an ag sale on Wednesday night because it was you, you got to get that stuff out as soon as it's ordered because it's fruit, it'll spoil, you know. Yeah. My brother had sold it for ag class, so she takes it out and delivers it on Wednesday night and comes back on Sunday and actually gets, gets kind of reprimanded by the preacher for missing service on Wednesday night to do that. And he had just done a lesson on the Sunday before saying it was okay to miss a Sunday service if you had to work. Yeah. But yet she got in trouble for... Doing something like that on a Wednesday night, and so as I'm a, ch- and I'm just a kid at this time, you know, and you know songs getting marked out of the songbook, things, things, things of that nature that kind of was like, man, what well, this is kind of strange, you know, it just because it, it was new to me. Did y'all, the- did y'all y-
0: literally mark out
1: songs out of the songbook? Well, we didn't, but <laughs> we came in one Sunday oh, yeah. and all of a sudden the, the songs that we used to sing was, were marked out, lighted out of the book, and I was like, what, what happened? And then it had oh, a man. stamp on it that would talk about how they were unscriptural and we couldn't sing them, and, and you know. I don't have a problem if if somebody thinks something's unscriptural. Obviously, don't you know? If it's going to bother you, it's not something you should you should do or 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 use. Yeah. But it was just again, it was so striking for me as a young person to see it because I I had not seen that before, and then all of a sudden it was just like, man, what, what are all these problems that we're having? Yeah. And uh so I remember that happening when I was younger, and then as I got older, I started seeing things in my own life that I just when it when it came to scripture, I couldn't make the things. I couldn't make it jive, yeah, and uh, and so that made me start asking questions and and I'll never forget. I think what got me to the point and it, it helped me a lot. Um, I was it's when we had moved down to Tuscaloosa for for school. I was in college down at the university and and I had really started pursuing the fitness field as well, which got me into where I'm doing that with the gyms today. But I'll never forget. I was reading because at this time in my life, this is when I had moved out from my home. And uh, even though I had been in ministry for, for years, I had already started to have questions. And don't let me forget, I'll go back to there was one major point that happened while I was at Beville oh, okay. uh, that will kind of lead me to this point. But uh, as far as the the biggest issue that I had as a preacher becoming more grace centered uh, at this time, while I was in school at the university, I had kind of stepped back a little bit from kind of having a, a home congregation that I was at all the time. I mean, there was many Sundays I didn't even go, not because I wasn't still studying, not because I didn't care. But at that point in my life, I had already kind of started to question a lot of things that I mean, I couldn't help it. It was just it was what was happening in my studies That some things I didn't agree with that were being taught. And uh, so I was like, well, let me just I'm going to step back and kind of do this on my own for a little while. And I'm glad that I did, because I think I drew closer to God during that time period than I ever had before, uh, even being involved teaching and preaching. Uh, so anyways, I remember being on a on a treadmill. At the at the gym at the rec center, and yeah. I would I would take my Bible, I would read a, a chapter or two, and I would go into my workout or whatever. So I'm reading Romans chapter seven, and I know you're gonna know where I'm going with this. if We're talking about grace, yeah. Uh So I'm reading through Paul's words. I've got it on my audio play on my on my Bible app, and uh it goes through it. I stop because at this time, like I said, I've I've kind of stepped myself away from being at a congregation all the time. So I'm I'm questioning Josh, are you okay? You know, am I? Is God really happy with me right now? I mean, I know I'm studying, but is he mad at me because I'm not going? It, right. Just all those kind of questions in my head, and and I'm reading through Paul's words because I also I'm a I'm a guy in college. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I've lived through my teen years. I faced temptation, <laughs> dealt yeah. with temptation, I've failed to temptation, I've I've conquered temptation. All those things, and which will always make you question in our upbringing. If I've made a mistake, I'm scared to death. Oh yeah am I okay I mean am I saved I don't, I don't know if I am or not and um but as i'm I'm walking and I'm, I'm listening and I and it kind of caught me as I passed through the chapter and it's not like I never read it before but for whatever reason that day it, it hit me let me go back and replay that again because you know if you read through that chapter pretty fast you'll be you might even be confused by the time you get to the end of it by the way Paul words it <laughs> yeah. but once you realize what he says it's like wait a second so you're telling me that Paul had the same thoughts in his head that I have yeah the sense of trying to follow God by law. And I get it. He's, he's, he's speaking as one who has lived under the law and knows, Hey, this is what is right. This is what is good. These things are are things you should, should abstain from. Yeah. But he's also a human and understands that living under that system, guess what? You're, you're going to fail as a person. Yeah. Can't help uh, but fail. Can't, can't can't help help but fail. Yeah. He says it's a law in his flesh that sin dwells. It's, you know, and so when I read that and I heard it and, 'Cause Paul was always one of those that stuck out in my mind growing up. That's he would be firm with them at times and and so it, it, in my mind I always had it matched up to what I grew up in. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and it was like I read that, I said, Wait a second. You know, yeah. and Paul understood grace so much better than what I had been taught. And and what had given me so much grief and, and pain and, and I guess insecurity of my salvation, he understood it and he understood where his salvation was based. Yeah, and uh, and in reading that and going back through it, and, and I, I mean, I prayed right after it. It was just, it was a moment that I'll never forget. That really kind of transformed the way I started to approach scripture from that point forward. Even uh, though I, don't, I mean, I already had questions regarding grace, but that really, really kind of started to get me down a new path.
0: That's that's so cool. That, that's one of the passages that helped me out a lot too, because you hear a lot of people make the same application you did, but they don't take it where you took it. They go, "I'm just like Paul. I want to do this. I can't do it." yeah it just, it just hurts so much to 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 feel that way, and they don't take it the step further to say, Well, who will deliver me from this? you know right. thanks be to God it's Jesus Christ, so now there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, in other words, that mindset is an indication that you're probably like basing your whole faith off the wrong kind of idea about how God works you know right. like uh, I had somebody tell me yesterday hes he he was one of my he's one of my mentors uh from he's he lives out in uh Denver, Colorado. And he says, people who spent their whole lives trying so hard to follow the rules, find it very difficult to trust the crazy, creative, wild freedom that's in Christ. Yes. <laughs> and that sounds like that's what hits you on the treadmill. And and I love that you're on the treadmill. Because when I was going through my really big uh, time of questioning stuff, uh, specifically about the grace centered stuff. I would just go on walks, uh, walks around my neighborhood. Uh, go ride my bike. Go ride the skateboard. Go, you know, go on a hike or something. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, I'll I'll be reading a passage today, and I'll remember where I was when when that passage yeah. first hit me. You know, oh man, I was on the corner there where it you know loops in the highway 75 mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, and it just hits me. I'm like, man, I remember like physically what I was doing and where I was. You know, what I, how hot it was outside. You know, I remember wow. looking down at Caden when I was pushing him in the stroller. Is thinking, man, I'm so glad I'm learning this stuff before I'm really getting into being a dad.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, so. it'll definitely. The parents will being a parent will definitely teach you about grace and, oh, and, yeah. uh, and God
0: views yeah. us as His children too. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that is that's for sure. So, so you're on and, the treadmill and you're questioning stuff, and uh, so keep going. I'm loving it. Keep going.
1: Oh uh, well, that's, and, and let me. I'll have to say this too because just what you just said about how you remember those moments, you know, and, and the yeah. way that I had been raised. An interaction, or or an, a uh, yeah, I guess kind okay, of an interaction with God, um, yeah. not just by reading the scriptures, even though that's what it stemmed from. But when I think about God working in our lives today, I do think He now shows us these moments that stick out. I think there's a reason why that happened that day. And it's, it's, it's literally, like, I mean, I could draw a picture of it. It's so clear in my mind of where I was standing and what was going on. And it was just another day. I, I got on the treadmill every day right before I went down and lifted weights. I mean, I did it every single day, but yeah. that day was a transition point for me Man. because it was at the moment I knew I can't teach the way I've taught before. Or it, it wasn't, maybe I didn't even teach that way, but I was like, I now I'm, I'm it confirms to me what I've been thinking. Go ahead. You,
0: yeah. You just, you just blew my, blew my mind there. So so when moses is walking to the wilderness you know when he's outside of egypt he's left egypt to flee from pharaoh and he yeah. sees that burning bush he's like you yeah, know take off your shoes this is holy ground so right. what you're saying is there's these moments in our life and our faith journey when pretty much in that moment we probably should have taken off our shoes <laughs> <laughs> whether it was on the treadmill or you know going on a walk or or sitting in your easy chair reading the book and that something hits you somebody says something and it finally clicks yeah, that's those are those burning bush moments in our life, man. I really, I really like that.
1: I hadn't thought about well, I that before. So, firmly believe when you think about throughout Scripture, that's how God worked in everybody's life. I mean, pre law, during the law, during the time of, the, of Jesus and His ministry, yeah. during the apostles' lives after that. And we talk about all the time about a God that doesn't change. And I can't right. see a God today who has just finally said, "Okay, well, I've got it all in a book now. So now, y'all go and read it and and try to come to the right conclusion." And I'm I'm going to kind of and, and even I was brought up saying, you know, obviously we're taught to pray and that and to trust in God. But I was always kind of like, well, what is He going to do? Because I'm I'm also always told, like, you be careful about thinking this, or, or or that somebody would say this happened in their life and that was God. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't think anybody had any ill intention in teaching me that way. They were trying no. to be scriptural, and and again, I'm very appreciative of the background I have that was very serious about Scripture. I just at the same time realize that I'm fallible and could have misunderstood some things. And especially when I would read stuff like that, it would kind of like, wow, you've missed it. Wow. Uh, It helped me start to realize even, even the work of the spirit uh, and, and how God worked with us today. And I just, I've had, I've had too many moments like that happen now to be able to deny it. And I almost, I would well be honestly. I would feel wrong if
0: I denied at this point. Same, you know. Were you Mm -hmm. were you raised on kind of a word only view of the Holy Spirit by chance?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, me too. So,
0: so when those Mm -hmm. people came up to you at the church camps or gospel meetings and said, "Now, do you take Nichols or Woods view on the Holy Spirit (laughs) or whatever?" Camps view, yeah, (laughs) that that was me too. And so I was raised pretty much. You know, we have God the Father and God the Son, but the Holy Spirit, he's way back there somewhere. You know, he he exists in Scripture, but You know, he don't really do much today. Uh, He's not really working today. And that may, you maybe not, maybe, maybe not know it in a moment, but that makes you feel like everything is on you, you know, because the New Testament talks about the spirit leading them, the spirit guiding them, the spirit uh, guiding them in all truth, the spirit praying on their behalf. And so Mm -hmm. when you read all those passages and you're told none of that applies to you today, that was all first century stuff. You just got yourself in the bible a strong concordance and a therese lexicon you're like dude
1: i am i'm helplessly alone in this thing (laughs) you know so when you know your mind frame fits what paul says like i know what's right but i see myself doing what's wrong and and i know what's wrong but i find myself doing those very things oh wretched man that i am and then you sit well (laughs) and it's still all on you you got to figure it all out yeah man you it's defeating and, and there's no hope in it there yeah that's right there is no hope so so I didn't
0: realize we had that in common, too. So we both come from a word-only background. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah, so you probably believe in baptism with the Holy Spirit and all kinds of things like me. Like me now. You probably define it differently than most people think, but we're, right. prob- we're probably – it's so cool,
1: <laughs> the That's so my, uh, We've been saying we've got to get up together and that be back in Alabama, and we'll have to make it happen at some point. Because I knew – I've heard some things you've said, that I'm like – and you know what's cool about that is is that it was kind of the study that, that we started in 2015 regarding eschatology that really – yeah. It drove me further down the grace line than I had ever been. And, and that's why the intricacy of scripture, it it always points you back to God and his love. Same, it, you know,
0: and and that's the thing, that's what's so sad to me is because when you, when you have a huge change like that, you basically have two choices. And we probably talked about this before. You can constrict and go, okay, well now we have the truth. Now we've got it figured out. All those people are lost. And even all the people we thought were saved are also lost because they don't see it this way. Or yeah. you can go, Man, maybe I should have a lot more grace uh, for for others as well as myself, and that's that's what happened to you and I. But you were going to say something that I interrupted you. What? I uh, maybe I don't even <laughs> I don't
1: even remember if, if I was going to. I probably wasn't. Oh, uh,
0: well, you said you, it moves you on down the grace line further than
1: you. Oh know. yeah, yeah. I was just talking about how it was it was neat that, that our study, even in eschatology, really is what kind of bolstered me to study the scriptures. Just it, because, like I said, it it really made me realize, man, Josh, you could. You're not as smart as you think you are. That takes me back. Let me go back to this point of point because it goes right back down to the idea of grace toward others. Uh, my first year at Beville, I guess it's my second. Yeah, my, my first year I had an ethics class in Hamilton, so right yeah. down the road from, from Maywood. Yeah. Uh, well, my ethics teacher, he the very first day of class, he asked us. He said, "Well, we're going to get into some obviously some theological discussions too." He says, "Well, I want to ask everybody, where, where do you go to church at?" Okay, so he looked, we're like all lined up in the class. I'm the very last one. And I'm here in, you know, the Baptist congregation. I'm I'm here. I'm here in the Church of God. I'm here in Seventh Adventist. Everybody's pretty much represented there. Methodist. Well, I'm the last one. Ain't nobody said Church of Christ yet. <laughs> and I'm thinking we're in we're in Hamilton. You know, there's many congregations on all these different corners, and everybody kind of knows the divide between the denominations. So I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, what am I going to say? Because at this point in my life, this is twenty. Well, this would be like 2008, I guess. Yeah. So even at this time, I had already, I didn't have such a staunch view of like, hey, we're the, we're the only ones that's got it right. I did at least, and I don't, I don't mean that in a private way. I'm just saying there was some humility in me in the sense of like, I know I'm not, I don't necessarily have it all figured out, but I did think that our way was best, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I felt like I had a lot of the answers that I felt like maybe they all would need. That make, if that makes any kind of sense. So anyway, so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I don't want them just to hate me when I say well, I'm the church of Christ, you know. So I'm like, what am I going to say? He gets to me and he says, he said, All right, you know, where Josh, where do you go to church at? And uh, and I won't say the name of my congregation, but I just said the community. I said the church at such and such. Yeah. Okay, but what, what you know, who who are y'all? What did I know for y'all? <laughs> uh, we're, just, we're just Christians. We just, we're just a church over here. So he said, yeah, but what are y'all? What's, what's the name on your sign? I said, the community's name. He said, yeah, but what are y'all? I said, Well it's church of Christ. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, Now I didn't even want to say it because I, I know the stigma that was there.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, so anyways, from that point forward, every time we had a question come up about what would typically be debated amongst the denominations, he always asked me, Josh, what do you think about that? Oh man. That's
0: Josh, great. what do you think
1: about this? Well, women women speaking, women preaching, that came up and he has to ask me, you know, like, well, you know, we go to Timothy the letters to Timothy and and saying well the, the lady who was a, a Seventh day Adventist. She sat right in front of me and she was the other one that would talk a lot. She actually taught a class at, at her congregation and he knew that I did some speaking. It was like youth ministry and stuff like that. So oftentimes he would kind of, he didn't want to put us against each other. matter of fact, me and her had a lot of really good discussions yeah. and had a lot of respect for her. She had a lot of respect for me. But one day it gets brought up about Old Testament law <laughs> uh, and it was about eating, eating of pork
0: yeah.
1: and asking, is that okay for a Christian to do today? And I was like, "No, you know, we're not under the law anymore. It's okay. These foods are clean." I talked about Peter and the vision on the roof, even though it's really referencing Gentiles. But still, the point was, yeah. all things have been made clean. You know, yeah. and uh, and they both throw at me, ah, but not one jot nor tittle shall pass until heaven oh, and earth pass away. Yeah, that's and funny, he, dude. <laughs> but when I heard it, I'm thinking, you know, I've always kind of wondered about that verse, and yeah. I've read it many times. But what do, what did what did we do growing up? I know you did the same thing, or at least it happened we didn't necessarily mean to but if we came across something that might would fly in the face of something we would believe or teach what do we do read Just, read through it
0: quickly yeah, and bring up colossians 2 <laughs> 14. exactly there you go i <laughs> hope nobody notices
1: or asks us about it please don't know ask a question on that verse yeah. <laughs> read as fast as you can get past there so they asked me well, what do you what do you say about that so matthew 5 17 18. yeah i said well, I said, look, I said I know the law has passed. I said, I think it's very clear from Paul's teachings and the others. I said, I'll be honest. I said I really can't explain to you how that fits. Yeah. And you talked about a humbling moment for me. Ooh, yeah. Who had been preaching quite a bit and, and again, even though I, I always tried not to have too much of an arrogant stance on my on my view of scripture and what I understood, to be in that moment and I always feel like I always had an answer and to yeah. be like no, I to be honest with you, I can't explain that verse. And it made me really, that was kind of the pivotal moment that sent me when I went to the university at, yeah. at Tuscaloosa to where I, I had to step back because I was like, man, I don't know what I thought of. Wow, I mean, you, do, do that, does that make sense? I mean, dude, cause that verse is such a hard hitter until you reevaluate what maybe that might've meant, but I had never heard anybody explain that to me. Any of the preachers who had ever taught.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's uh It's those little moments right there that make you realize that you didn't know as much as you think you did. That if you're being honest, yeah, you just have to step back and reevaluate, like you say. Um, It's interesting that that happened at Bevel, because as you probably know, um, you know over here in northeast Alabama, we don't have Bevel. We have like Wallace, Nate's Need State, Gadsden Mm -hmm. State Community College. You know, we don't go to Bevel. But since I was preaching over there in Summerton, Alabama, uh, right Mm -hmm. outside Summerton, I went to the Bevel campus at Summerton, and that's when I met my English professor, uh, Miss Lazarus, who was obviously a Christian, but she was Catholic, <laughs> you know, and so I had to go, how is this even possible? You know, I, she's, she loves her, loves God. She's smart about the Bible. She's quoting all these passages and Catholics aren't supposed to be able to do that. What is going on here? And mm-hmm. I didn't know the answer. And that's, I, that sat in my heart for a long time, kind of like it did with you. And I just didn't know how, what to do with that. I, I remember one time specifically, I was preaching and this, I'd been leading a nursing home devotional Uh, every Tuesday would go in and do like an hour Bible study or something. And uh, Mm -hmm. the ones that were, you know, mentally able to keep up and, you know, stay, they didn't have like, you know, dementia or something like that. They'd come and enjoy the study. Their problem was more, you know, physical or whatever. Yeah. And so I had a pretty good group and the, uh, the nurse that sat in on the, on the class with us, uh, that was over events or whatever, she, she came to church one Sunday and you know what happens in the last five minutes of every sermon that you preach. You have to give the plan of salvation. And as I'm getting closer and closer to it, I'm just looking back there at her. And I'm like, I've heard her comments in Bible class. I know what kind of person she is. Am I really about to do this? And I did it. I, I gave the invitation. And I, as I did it, I made sure to say, you know, this is how you have to do it. And all that kind of stuff like we've been trained to do. But there was something in the back of my, ma- my head that was going, I just don't know. There's yeah. something here that I don't really want to deal with right now. <laughs> like like what you said, you know, I've got to read past this real quick. I've got to overlook it. And there's so many of those little moments that are through both of our lives. And it's amazing that both of our major sort of uh, events happen at Bevel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lead it lead us to more, to more <laughs> grace. But uh, But anyways, there's all those moments that you don't really – you just sort of you know file them away, but when th- whatever that thing happens later on in your life that allows you to to go back and pull those out, they just change everything. They're game changers, you know. All right, so well we're in like 2008 now. Uh, you've gone to Tuscaloosa. You're uh, you said something that's probably shocking to some people. You were. Mm-hmm. Not going to church every Sunday. You were still studying your Bible, but it was in those moments that you felt like you were growing closer to God. Um, how does that work? I thought you had to go like every Sunday. What? <laughs> what's What's the deal with that?
1: <laughs> Another one of those things where it's like you know. I mean, obviously, uh, Hebrews chapter ten, yeah, are, are a famous verse for that. And in in even at that time, I would read that passage like, wait, that to me. I mean, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to knock on anybody who believes differently about some of these passages, but sure, yeah. Just as and because I it, I would get frustrated sometimes because people would tell me how much like man, you can tell you study, you can really tell you're you're really going after God in your studies and that you've got a lot of scripture knowledge and this kind yeah. of stuff. And as soon as you say something that's contrary to what has been believed, you lose all respect. Exactly. That is so frustrating. <laughs> you're one of our favorite preachers. And you're great. Oh, what do you think about this? I don't know about you now. You gotta back exactly. up. Yeah. That that oh, and yeah. so I knew that my opinion had changed on certain of those things. And sometimes the easiest thing to do is if you know that there's going to be a major confrontation, the best thing you can do is pull yourself away. And I did, I think that's what helped me feel okay about everything about just being a part of somewhere, even though I had done my whole life and it did. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, there was days I'd be like, you know, is God mad at me because I'm doing this, but I knew for me, there was no other choice. I had to take a step back because too much had happened. That made me think I can't just, if there's things I disagree with, well then, you know, I, I would always tell somebody, if it's something you disagree with, well, don't do that anyways, you know, so it was, I had to pull myself away, and and again, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I went through that time period of my life, because it would it, it make you want to have that fellowship again, but it also makes you think about that fellowship, and, and hoping that you're going to find people who, want to be as honest as they can about scripture, Yeah, because it, it's hard to keep going, and keep, Being a part of something when you know there's things you just you absolutely don't agree with, and it's almost like you got to hide it, right? And and not with any kind of ill intent. You're just trying to you're trying to protect other people.
0: Well, you know Jesus. You know Jesus went to the wilderness for forty days. Right. He didn't go to synagogue on Sabbath. You know, exactly. for what, 7, 14, 35, for like five weeks, he didn't go to, you know, synagogue on Sabbath. Sometimes, and, and that was to prepare him for his ministry. I feel like yeah. sometimes if you're questioning things, uh, it might not be the most healthy thing to keep going to that echo chamber, you know, where you hear all the things that you've always heard and it's comfortable. Sometimes you have to go out into the wilderness for a bit and, and make your faith your own. And mm-hmm. I know some people might say, well, then you might use that as an excuse to stop going to church altogether. Maybe so, but you didn't. I didn't when I exactly. did that. And just because some people use that doesn't mean it's a, it's a bad path to take. And so I applaud you for doing that because in our culture, the way that we were raised, stepping away from, from, from that, when you've, like you said, literally gone to every service unless you were just like puking or bleeding somehow you know you went to yeah. every single service even if you had a headache they just give you some Tylenol and stick you in the back or something like <laughs> it's hard to do you know and yeah. so I, I, I applaud you for that man um so oh we're you gonna add something
1: there? I was gonna say it let me going through that myself has now allowed me when I talk to people and I know that they're struggling with the same type of issues and it doesn't always come from the same background we did it comes from another denomination yeah and uh and I've told them, I said, look, and I, and I use the same example you did. I said, Jesus went off by himself a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, I, and I, I think that's what you have to do. Because it, also, when you're going off by yourself, you're not going off to depend on yourself. If you're doing this in a sense of, I want to, I really want to know what truth is. Well, you're going off by yourself to do with God. You're not going off by yourself to be out there by yourself. I felt more alone and away from God being around everybody else because I was like, I was having to deny the things I thought he was trying to show me. Oh, that's
0: it. Okay. So this is a great, so I wrote an article yesterday for the newspaper and it's called the problem with being a zebra. Um, I'll send it to you. (laughs) I'll send it to you afterwards. I'll post in the, I'll post in the description as well, but it's talking about this very thing, how a herd can give us a sense of security, a sense of comfort, a a sense of safety, but it can also end up being the very thing that's keeping us from chasing after new creation,
1: you know? Right. So, um, how many times for you have you, since you have made this big transition, I know you went through a lot to get there and, and a lot of times we'd like to say, man, I wish I could just never went through that. Yeah. And, and there's times I would say like, man, I wish I had never studied this. I wish I had never studied that <laughs> Yeah. Because I could just still be right where I was always at and everybody's yeah. everybody's happy, but I know that's not what I want. That's not, you know, and I'm, and I'm glad, even though there's been a lot of struggle go along with it, I feel so much better that I'm where I am now. Than what I would have been if I had to just kept staying, like you said, in an echo chamber and in, in group think, where even when I had questions, I'd get enough affirmations of my former thought to say, well, no, it's probably right. So just so just be comfortable. Yeah, I've been uncomfortable. It's not always in the way I think we think it is. Uh, a lot of times you can take comfort in doing something that you you know deep down. You're like, I'm not 100 percent everything on this. But hey, at least I ain't got to change. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, and getting Maybe. and getting uncomfortable is how you grow. You know, you don't. I mean, well, you know, you uh, co-manage two gyms. Yeah, I mean, don't try, you
1: try to get bigger or whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't, can't hit your you can't hit your gain goals if you're gonna you know stay comfortable your whole life and keep lifting you know ten pound weights or whatever. And so, um, yeah, they're like you like what you asked me. There's there's been ton of times, tons of mm-hmm. times when, for, just for a brief moment, I'll be like man, I wish somebody could prove me wrong on this thing so I could get back over there. Or I wish that I could get the answer. I wish that whatever. But the problem is, and people don't believe us (laughs) because they think that we're like trying to be a big fish in a little pond or chasing after money or something. It's like, I just have to go this way. If I would go back to be with you guys, I'll be lying to myself and lying about what I've seen. And uh, there are those moments when you're like, yeah, I do wish that we could go back. But no, it's then everything else within me goes no you you need to be glad that you've went through what you've what you have gone through because you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for that and so yeah, I'm right there with you man it's it's tough and even to this day I mean, it's, it's awkward you know uh, family gatherings and stuff like that it's it's a bit awkward or, or I'll see some stuff they sh- you know religious stuff to put on Facebook and I'm like oh I wish I could help them or you know show them a new way or whatever but I've also got to extend them the grace and the space to to go at this thing on their own too you know i mean i'll be there right. if they need me but i can't force them down this path as much as I, as much as i'd like to you know because that yeah. that would just be creating a new system of roman 7 <laughs> want mm-hmm. to do this they can't do it so right. mm-hmm. uh so uh so so let's go fast forward a little bit um you're preaching now you've got you know it's 2016 2017 2018 mm-hmm. um tell us about about those years, you know, the, what was kind of going through your mind those years as you were studying and as you were, I mean, cause I know that you're, you had to be like me, like there were times all throughout that period of time where I'm like, I should just go ahead and quit. I'm not even, a, you know, yeah. I'm not even a good preacher. I'm not, I stink at this you know, or whatever, or let me just save everybody trouble and, and leave. Yeah. Did you, Yeah. How, how was that? How was that experience for you during those years?
1: Well, it, it started right. This is where my, my big, uh, time of I'm don't I'm not i not going to call it persecution because it wasn't persecution, but it was definitely the first time I had faced some real controversy. It was when I took over in the position of being the full-time minister there at my home congregation, because the guy who was there before us, he was supposed to just have been interim anyways. Yeah. Had ended up being there for like a year and a half, I think. And we'd already had several members um, who had expressed that they probably weren't going to be there much longer if he stayed. Yeah. Um, and so the elders had made the decision then, and one of the elders is my dad. uh So, it, in a sense, that didn't help me any once I became the preacher because some people are going to take that. So he just wanted, to, they just want to put his son there, and that was not well, the case. Yeah, my dad and granddad were my the, elders. <laughs> so you
0: know, that's I feel yeah. <laughs> uh, so
1: it was, so it was, it was kind of an odd situation to go into, but at the same time, so they had asked me several years before I had been asked. You know, would you ever want to take the? Would you ever want to be the preacher here? And at the time, I was going to Tuscaloosa pursuing a career and down the. What and even what I'm doing now, uh, I had no intent to be a preacher. I, did, I didn't really want to be one full time. I loved filling in when they needed me, but I didn't care anything about being a preacher. Yeah. Um, so, but I had always told them, like, no, you know, I've got too much going on. I'm, I'm not even going to be here at home. I'm going to be in Tuscaloosa. I don't know if I'm moving back here. So I'd always said, no. Well, in 2016, I had my first daughter. Uh, Kaylee was born, and we had just moved back. I had took a job with the 4 H department, actually. Uh, so I was teaching the schools around this stuff. And so when I came back, I went ahead and told them, I said, well, look, you know, I'm going to be back in the area and I'm going to be here now. So yeah. I knew the guy who was there was interim anyways, and they were looking. I said, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, y'all can put my name in the hat. If y'all do decide you want to make a change, I'm willing to throw my hat, throw my name in the hat, you know? Yeah. So, well, that was all right during the time they had done decided, like, we've got to make a change. Otherwise we're fixing to lose some members. Yeah. And it uh, needed. I mean, I, I have to agree. I wasn't crazy about some of the things that were, that was being taught um so anyways when they make the change several who were his supporters got upset and there had been a class that he had done on marriage divorce and remarriage where i had a family member i wasn't even present for this class i was teaching the teen class at this time i didn't know anything that even happened well apparently it was a pretty big fallout um and it went down to the guilty party being able to be remarried that was one of the questions that was asked, and one of the members said, "You know, I, I believe once if, if this has happened, they've been divorced. Now they they had committed adultery on their spouse, and their spouse had divorced them. But they've reached a point in their life, and, and you know they've asked for forgiveness for this, and and they've moved on." He said, I, "I believe it's okay for them to be remarried again." He said, "The other spouse has already been remarried, or can be. We know that." He said, "I just don't believe that scripture teaches that the the guilty party can't be remarried. Um, believes that forgiveness is there." And, uh, well, that was expressed by somebody from, from my family. And apparently I get lumped into that just because, I mean, it was yeah. like, I wasn't there. I had no idea this even happened. Well, I found out about later. Well, once they announced that I was going to be taking over the, the preaching position, the day of they uh, several members come and come to me after the service. I, I promise you, I've never even talked to them about what happened in that class that day. We got two questions for you. I said, okay. Well, what do you got? And it was, what's your belief on instrumental music and on marriage, divorce and remarriage. Because I had also gotten in trouble about instrumental music before in a, in a teen class. All I had taught the class on was I said, guys, you know, when you have fellow or you got friends at school who ask you about church and stuff like that, so we know we got a lot of them who go to different places. Yeah. I said, and stuff like instrumental music. I said, we believe that we should sing acapella. And uh, so we don't use instruments. And we do that based off Ephesians and Colossians two verses really is where we kind of come to that conclusion. I said, and it's fine to have that conclusion. I said, that's, that's what we've drawn from, and why we decided we're going to do what we're going to do. I said, I have no problem with that. I said, but at the same time, I said, I can't take you to a past that's going to condemn somebody for that. Yeah. So when I talked to my friends about this, I said, them, I said, you know, we, we believe this. I said, but you know, I can't, I, I can't show you any past that says you're going to be condemned for that. You mm-hmm. know, I may, at the time I said, I may not have believed it that that's what we should do. I said, but I can't show you a passage that you condemn for it, so I'm not going to condemn you for it. That right. was my take on it, uh, which I thought is very simple. You know, yeah, that's I pretty reasonable. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought. I mean, if we're speak. supposed to. If I'm not going to go beyond what Scripture says, then I'm not going to condemn somebody for something it doesn't condemn them for. Yeah, It was kind of my take on it.
0: Well, It's like you what like Rick Actley said: uh, we speak where the Bible speaks, but where the Bible's silent, we have a whole lot more to say. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah uh so i had just told him i said mom i said and, and let me i said let me make sure y'all understand this before i start this class said, don't go tell your parents josh is saying instrumental music's okay uh which i'm okay with now i didn't mean to say it that way but i but at the time i was saying because i didn't know what my thoughts were at the time i just knew i said i can't i can never get up and preach somebody condemnation because of this because i don't see that in scripture um while at the same same time i still believe we should just sing off fill. all right so i told him i said i'm not saying it's okay I'm just saying we should be more gracious when we talk to our friends about this stuff. I said, because that's going to turn them. I said, that's going to end that conversation. As soon as you say that, Yeah. And that was the point of the class. Well, somebody tells a parent that I told them instruments were okay. The elders had already confronted me about it. I said, look, this is what was said they were all okay with it. That was like two years prior to this Yeah. had never been mentioned again. I had preached several times since then. I don't know how many times I had preached and filled in many times, nothing had been said about it, but that night, that was the first question that was asked to me. And then the marriage divorce remarriage, and, and I told him, I so, said, God, I wasn't even here for that class. I said, I, I would be happy to study it. I said, I do have some thoughts on that. I think we need to reevaluate That's and right. at least have studies about it. So, but I, I said, I won't get up and preach about it. I said, I have questions about it myself. So you're not going to me, hear me get up there and say, hey, this is what you should believe regarding this subject <laughs> and this subject. And I'm standing there with a Bible in my hand saying, like, let's let's sit and study. One of them, like, runs out, like, leaves the congregation that night and just won't have anything to do with it. We, uh-huh. we had, like, members leave at that time. And, uh, and again, I, I want to say all this with as much grace as possible because I'm not, I'm not mad at them. I, I'm not at the time it was very upsetting, but I, at the same time, I get it. I mean, I understand what it's like to have deep felt beliefs and you're afraid somebody's going to change that. So I get it. I understand that completely, but it, that was hard like yeah. to see people who had, who had asked me many times, you know what, how, you know, you do a great job preaching. Why don't you preach? And then as soon as I get there, then I get these questions and, and I don't even get a chance really to answer them. Yeah. Well, then then we have uh, someone in the area speak out, pretty much call me a false teacher and, and all that kind of stuff, and I haven't even talked to the person. And I was like, you know, what, what's can, going on? He kind of went against Matthew 18. If you have
0: a problem with your brother, you should go to him and talk to him directly, yeah. you know. It was, um, yeah, you've got – well, oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. No, that's fine. Uh, well, I know that, you know, in our area, we had, growing up, we had some watchdogs, and I know that you've got it couple over there that we've talked about before in our conversation and so I know that having those people leave and then having another brother from in another pulpit you know standing up and saying that you're a false teacher you know whether Mm -hmm. it's on social media or whatever that's that's tough that's that's a tough way to start your first
1: full-time work (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) it was it was so unexpected because again it was just I had not heard that any before and it was like bam here it is you know and it was kind of people like we know what you think and i'm like y'all don't have any idea what i think i haven't even talked about this i had never spoke a lesson on those topics yeah and i would never do that to anybody because i understand the the emotion that's tied up in those things yeah do i believe we need to study them further 100 but like i you know i'm gonna give you the opportunity to speak too i just ask you to give me the respect that you'll let me speak on what i what i'm saying too. that's all i want
0: And I feel like that's that's what so many people who are going through what we're going through again, regardless of the subject matter. uh, Mm -hmm. That's all they want. Just just give me the courtesy of letting me explain myself. You know, just give me the courtesy of don't don't sit there and think about how you're going to respond and critique every moment. You know, every little thing I say, just let me get through it and, and say what's on my heart and then we can, you know, see what we need to do. If you still feel like I don't need to be the preacher after that, that's okay. But let's let's at least study this together like brothers and sisters. Um, By the way, it's just interesting how they were trying to avoid people leaving by making the (laughs) preacher step down, and then people ended up leaving anyways. And so that goes and shows you that in dealing with church conflict, you know, listening to one group doesn't guarantee and making that one group comfortable doesn't guarantee that you know everything's going to go fine there's you're going to upset somebody and so uh you know oh well that's
1: which just goes to show there's differences that are always going to be there and it's why paul and the others talk about in scripture you've got to have forbearance one another you got to forgive That goes back Ex- to grace exactly If we don't understand grace then we're never going to function as the body of christ the way it's supposed to because we are not going to agree on everything and i don't know that's how right. even- I say this as kindly as I can. But I don't know how anybody can spend a lot of time in Scripture and not realize I've. Everybody's not going to agree on yeah. everything. We need. We're going to have to agree on the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. That He truly is the Messiah. That He was the he, was Him that died on the cross for the remission of our sins. But beyond that, then these things that we divide over, it's like people are not going to necessarily going to see these things the same way. And, they, and, and
0: have they've to, and they've been debating them since the first century. You know, it took yeah, them well like, hundreds mean. of years to figure out. To, well, they didn't even figure it out, but to try to define the Trinity, <laughs> you know, yeah. like this, yeah. this isn't easy. We shouldn't pretend that it is so easy. Um, okay. Let's fast forward a bit now because, uh, we're getting pretty close to the time that I usually like to move the program, you know, move the program to a close,
1: but, uh, so you're no longer preaching at that church anymore, right? Right. I was there from 2016 until 2022. So six years total. Man, um, and it was the you know obviously my, my thoughts on eschatology like that had changed and that was something i was having to kind of preach through and around i, I used it some to help me kind of get into context of scripture which was great like yeah, think exactly. everybody the old testament all of a sudden comes something we we really <laughs> spent some time in to to develop the new testament so that you could really start to understand some things were said uh matthew <laughs> chapter five that That's answer true. i didn't have back when i was in bevel all of a sudden i felt like i had an answer to but anyways uh so i was having to deal with that and kind of work myself to that without just ever being like, Hey, this is what I think. Cause I, regarding those issues, we've, we've talked about it before. Do I believe that has anything to do with salvation? No, I I don't. People are going to disagree on that. There's a million thoughts regarding eschatology. So Uh,
0: yeah, for sure. And there's thoughts. thoughts.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So there was that. And then I did know, because even though I got, I got in, they, they came at me about those questions to start with. I did know that my opinions were probably different than theirs. But again, I didn't have any intent to make them believe exactly what I believe. I just wanted to start studying these things, yeah. and I knew from the start, like, all right, there's going to be some hesitance to this. But a lot of those people had already left, so we did get to kind of dive into some of these subjects. There was a few that kind of, you know, didn't Not want easy. to yeah. to jump yeah. into it, and that that was always there. And I and I kept kind of, I kept kind of having to battle that for yeah. six years, and uh, and my wife started to really take a run of it, and that was really one of the biggest things that kind of helped me finally make the jump. To say I've got to step back out of this, as as much as I want, and I I love that congregation. They're great people, and and again, my full experience in the Church of Christ has always been, ultimately, has been very, very good. And I have nothing against anybody uh, in in the brotherhood. Matter of fact, I mean, you you preach in the in the brotherhood still, so it's and and you're seeing this, like you said, there's so many levels of everything, Um, and but my my wife, she would would be there in class, and and things would get said toward me, or she would have questions that she had, because she didn't, she wasn't raised like like I was she wasn't raised in the church at all and so she's she's still a very new Christian um she became a Christian in 2014 I think the year we were married yeah and uh so go go from being a brand new Christian to just a few years later you're a preacher's wife you know and and she's got one of the most hearts she is such a she's such a good person to come from what she came from in her life to be where she is today is incredible and uh i have so much respect for her and what she's done and i know her past i know everything she's had to go through and other people don't know that and then i'll hear them say that we would hear them say things and like you know here she is trying to grow as a christian has real questions and she's getting just shut down and and afraid to ask these questions because somebody's gonna get mad at her for asking this question and it wasn't just her it was other people in the country too that had questions too but she really kind of started feeling it and she was scared uh, she's not afraid to also speak her mind, too. So she was like, I don't want to get you in trouble by saying something. You know? Yeah, and so
0: they, she, kind of, they kind of expect her to be on the same level as as you, you yeah. know, and like to know all the Church of Christ answers and toe the line and everything. Right. And that's, yeah, so I, I kind of feel the same way. We had a situation a few weeks ago at church where, you know, the guy was, you know, getting on to me, you know, for weeks, and that's okay. I mean, I can take it. You know, like like when you've been through what I've been through, there's not much anybody can say <laughs> to you that's you know gonna mess with you too bad. But then, you know, when he made Lara cry, I was like, yeah. okay, all right, you got to go. <laughs> you know, so uh, I had to at that point, I stood up to him. I was a little bit more harsh with him than I yeah maybe probably should have been. But there's just a yeah, you know, there's a little bit difference there. When it's you, it's one thing. When it's your family, yeah, you got to make a change. So so what happened? So you uh. Y'all ended up deciding to
1: step down, and what's going yeah. on now? Yeah, well, we we moved over here to uh, to the faith church in Winfield, and it's uh like I said, the non non denominational congregation now. And uh, I had met the met the pastor here. They have instruments there. Yes. <laughs> oh man,
0: my goodness. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, you I, play you play guitar, right? So I do. So yeah. are you ever gonna be? You think you'll ever be in the praise band, or
1: possibly? Awesome. Who, who, I don't really know what the future is going to be. Other than, I mean, I've got to speak a couple of times already. I actually am working uh, with the uh, the the music director here, too, doing some – I've started singing with him some. and Yeah, that's awesome. excited about that, trying to get to kind of venture into that. I ain't going to call it talent. People say I'm talented with it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I should, if it's still up on YouTube, I
0: should go get the link Uh, for, uh, you know, Play Me That Mountain Music that you and Jared and – was it Brad that was the other guy that sung? Oh, that?
1: yeah, we did the uh, – uh, if you're gonna play in Texas, yeah. If you're gonna my, play in
0: Texas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go grab that link and put it. In <laughs> that's, shit too. that's cool. But so yeah, so you're, you're at this faith church now. So what else were you? Sorry, what else were you saying about? Oh, that? No, no,
1: you're good. I was. Just, I was. I'm just excited about when I had met the pastor here. He, his his mindset is so much down the line of what what you and I have been after now for the past few years. Yeah. Um, in trying to finally break down these walls that I believe exist in Christianity that's keeping us from being that one unified body that we're supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, it, unified body in Christ. It's,
0: it's getting back to our roots in the restoration movement yeah. in a way, you know. Yes.
1: Um, I mean, the church has literally became so much of what the Jews have become prior to, during his ministry. Uh, you see the divisions in the Jews at that time, and it was always based on it. it wasn't like they didn't care about Torah. They, they loved Torah. They, they wanted to follow the law, but it was their interpretations of the law that started to divide them against each other But you saw what happened when they had one cause in mind and that was to silence Christ, all of a sudden all those differences went away.
0: Yeah.
1: And they could join together. And I'm not saying they didn't work together in that fashion in some senses anyways, but my point is when we see a a divided people and we look at what divided them, how you know, as we're now as Christians looking at the scriptures and looking at the Bible, how do we not realize sometimes that we're doing the same exact thing? Because we take the Bible and we divide it like a law book.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's just what did Paul say? The, the spirit gives life, or I'm sorry, the law, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Yes, and if he could say that about the Ten
0: Commandments, yes, <laughs> then what yes. is he going to say about all of our lists of things people have to do and right. rules and all the stuff we just come up with, you know, jumping yeah. from passage to passage, that kills. And the spirit, once you think that you have the spirit in the box, what you got in there is much, much smaller than anything the spirit's yeah. up to. Cause Jesus said right. the spirits like wind that he goes where he wants and does what he wants and, you know, you can see the effects of him but you can't lock him down. So, hundred percent. That's awesome. Man. I know we're
1: running short on time on this, cause I got to go to an appointment. And that don't if if I ever get an opportunity. Well, when I get to speak with you again, regardless if it's on this or not, there's a I got a story about that to tell you. So.
0: Well, hey, let's uh, let's do this again for sure. I'll have you back on, and uh, this is a lot of fun, man. And uh, I like to. I'd like to hear more from you. And I bet the people would like to hear more from you too, I think they're really going to enjoy this one for sure. So, well, but. Anytime when we come on, just let me know. Yeah. Well, dude, Josh, man, thanks so much for hopping on here with me and talking and um, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. Like Josh said, I do have an appointment that I got to run to here in about 20 minutes. So I need to get ready for that, but I uh, just appreciate you so much. And again, thank you for giving me just, just knowing somebody else was out there uh, in my state <laughs> helped me out so much. And now that we've, Got to talk over the years and shoot ideas back and forth and uh, be on this podcast together just means a lot to me and Mm -hmm. maybe we can round up some of these old people from maywood who've gone down similar (laughs) paths and have a retreat of our own so (laughs) absolutely but all right man you have a great day Uh, god bless and if you're listening out there and you've you're going through a similar situation to us uh like like what we've gone through you're not alone you got this the spirit's got this just put your trust in god and the spirit in christ and Uh, They'll lead you where you need to go. You have a great day and uh, God bless.